What's happening and welcome to another episode of the Crossroads Podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroad events to trending topics to how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the first ever Crossroads podcast. My name is Jared Haley. I'm sitting here with our lead pastor, Matt Manning. Good morning, Jared. Hi. Is it morning? It is morning. It is still the morning. It's still morning. It's been a long morning, but it's a good morning. It is a good morning. Hey, so we just wanted to uh, start this podcast as an opportunity to uh, for us to share a little bit more of the heart and the inner workings of what we're doing at Crossroads. Really, the sky is the limit to what we can do here, Matt. Uh, But this episode, we're going to focus on four main things. Uh, First of all, we want to talk about the Unstuck Group as we are uh, well into that process, and even with everything that's going on in the world, we're still continuing through that. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and different things around that because it's super happening in our lives right now. Um, and uh, Social distancing, right? Okay. Uh, how do we stay away from our kids when we're at home? We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then uh, just different ways to stay connected, engaged in the digital world. So Matt, getting going here. First of all, Unstuck. Can you tell me just a little bit, who is the Unstuck group and why do I care? Yeah. So this last year, uh, about October of 2019, uh, we went into partnership with the Unstuck Group. And the Unstuck Group is really a firm, a consulting firm that helps churches get unstuck. And as we looked really over the last uh, eight, nine years of Crossroads, we realized that we are one of those churches that are, that are stuck. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to stay there. We don't want to be content and and just kind of being the church that we are. We want to be the church that God's calling us to be. And so we entered in uh, into this partnership with Unstuck to really uh, see and discover new ways of doing ministry in this culture that's ever changing. Can I ask you maybe define uns- what it means to be stuck? Because I think that we might all have different understandings of that, and maybe people who currently go to Crossroads might feel like, man, I don't feel stuck at all. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. We, when I would define stuck, the way that I would define stuck is that stuck is uh, where we're at as a church. And so for the last eight or nine years, we've seen just a subtle decline over those years. We're still a really big church. Decline is in attendance people. Yeah, yeah, attendance decline. Yeah, so anywhere between three and 6% a year is what we've declined over the last eight, nine years. And so we... <laughs> I winked at him. That really <laughs> messed him up. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're in this decline. Uh, we're in what they would call maintenance mode. Every church has a life cycle, and that life cycle has a has a curve to it, and we're on the backside of the curve in what we would call the maintenance mode, where uh, on the outside, things look really good. Like I said, we're still a big church. Financially, we're stable. We're really good. God's blessing has been amazing to us. Uh, but there's some underlying things that we're starting to see that if we don't make some changes, uh, that we'll be further into the plateaued stage and then into kind of the bottom half of the life cycle that's really hard to recover from. And so if there was a time to do this, it's certainly now uh, so that we can jumpstart that life cycle again and, and start, start afresh. Yeah. Uh, so, I, man, when I first started a little over a year ago, you brought out that chart, and that's been like my favorite chart ever um, because... Uh, I've been a part of different churches that have been in different places on that chart. And I know personally, I'm very thankful that 
you recognized where we were uh, and really are. I mean, what I've seen is you really humbly stepping into that space and uh, wanting to say, man, how can we reignite, right, uh, as we move into the future? And, and what does that look like? How do we connect with our culture? How do we do these things um, that a lot of times we can't see when we're looking at ourselves? We need someone from the outside to actually look in and help us see our blind spots. Um, and so in step, in step, in steps, in steps, unstuck, right? Um, so unstuck, maybe... Uh, I know that I know this and other people know this, but not everybody knows what is their process as far as the different phases that we're going to go through. Yeah, they have four of them. And so the first step of the unstuck process is what they call the assessment phase, where we look at really who we are as a church, what our history has been, where we're at, both financially, where we're at with attendance, uh, looking at our systems of getting people connected and discipling people. And so for the last several months, three months, really, we have been in that unstuck phase. We've sent out uh, some surveys to the leadership of the church, both the staff and some of our lay leadership, uh, to kind of get a, a sight of where where it is that people see us. And uh, all of that has been incredibly eye-opening, I think, for me and for the staff. And so we've been kind of living in this space. We had a secret shopper come out. And Ooh, a secret our, shopper. Yes, a secret shopper to, to check out our church. And what was see, he wearing? Yes. We don't know. He was yes, a secret. He was, yes, he was wearing plaid. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, okay. plaid that day. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, anyways, yeah, he came out and said, what does it look like to visit a church from a first-time guest perspective, not knowing much about the church and only experiencing it once? Uh, that was incredibly valuable because most people, as you know, Jared, who visit church, uh, they give churches one shot, mm-hmm. and that one shot's an important shot. Yeah. And so he gave us a perspective of of that one shot. And so all of that was extremely helpful. Yeah, and I think that's really important for us to understand, too, is uh, I think sometimes— or, or I guess the feedback I've gotten is, well, how come he only gave us one shot? That, that doesn't seem fair. Uh, but that's the reality of the world we live in, right? When people walk into our door— they're judging things. And uh, I think sometimes we we think that they shouldn't, but that's reality is that they do. And so we can ignore that and continue to remain stuck. Or we can say, hey, this is a reality of what, of the world that we live in. And, and we want to make sure that we're, we're doing everything that we can to help that first time guest to have a great experience. And, and, and it's kind of funny too, because there's two pieces at play, right? There's the organizational side of things and making sure that that goes smooth. But then there's also the, the good stuff, right? The engaging with Jesus stuff, but people have a hard time getting over the organizational stuff to get to the good stuff. And so I think when I look at us, that's where I see unstuck really helping us in our assessment process is how do we fix those things so that people can get to the goods? Yeah, that's the truth, right? As a 60 year old church, we have a lot of organizational processes that are rooted in in good things, uh, traditions and all of that, uh, that probably just need to be looked at and reevaluated. And so that's the process that we've been going through thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, actually, March, whatever it is, 24th and 25th, uh, we will start the second phase, which is the planning and strategy phase, mm-hmm. where we are going to be looking at and developing a strategic plan for really the next five years, looking at what is the vision uh, looking at some of our processes and starting to evaluate how is it that we get from where we're at right now, which is stuck, to unstuck, and really looking at it not in a 
you know, short term, this is going to all be fixed in the next month. But really, what does the next five years look like for us mm-hmm. as a church? And so uh, that process begins this week. I'm excited for that. Uh, in April, we get into phase three, which is staffing and structure, where we'll take that vision that God has given us and, and revealed to us and then begin to reorganize the church around uh, that in terms of its structure, organizational structure, as well as our uh, staff. Yeah. And then the third or fourth phase, I should say, is the uh, action phase. So starting June 1st, we will make a series of 90-day sprints uh, to put all of this planning into place and start living out the vision that God's mm-hmm. going to reveal to us. Yeah, and I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the action phase, when we're doing these 90-day sprints, then we get to evaluate too, right? Is it working? Is it not working? And, and kind of re reassess as we go forward. Um, the other piece of this that I, I really want people to know and understand is that we're not devaluing who the church was and all the good. I mean, Crossroads has been doing a lot of good things for a really long time. Yeah. Um, but just because it used to work doesn't mean that it will continue to work. And I, I, I've always said that we, we stumble over our past successes, you know, uh, well, it worked before, so it'll definitely work again. And unfortunately, the culture changes so fast, right? I mean, think a week and a half ago before coronavirus, right? Think of what we were doing and, and, and what life was like and how quickly things have changed. And, uh, that's just reality is that life is always changing around us. And we've had a lot of conversations on staff about uh, the nuns and how I think in Weld County specifically, 70% of people in 2010 registered as non-religious. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's a lot of people who are saying, you know what, I want nothing to do with religion. And man, the harvest is plentiful is what I've heard somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, So, but that's really, uh, I'm excited about it too. I think that there's just huge potential here. I think that um, you're you're doing a good job uh, helping us think through what does it look like to shift culture and how do we change culture within our own church body, which uh, this is a vision that we all have to grab. It can't just be leadership. Really, it has to be all of us that say, hey, we're in this thing together and we really want to reach the lost uh, to help them know who Jesus is. And so that to me just, it lights a fire under my seat and I get excited about that. Yeah. The thing that you said about culture is I think really important. You know, before about the 1980s, culture took, you know, several decades, four, five, six decades to really change. And then suddenly in the 80s, it started to speed up and, and culture changed about every two decades. Mm-hmm. Once the 2000s hit, uh, that first 10 years, uh, we saw the culture shift again. And then since 2010, we've seen the culture shift um, rapidly every few years since then. And so some of the things that we did, even when I started 14 years ago, uh, are uh, is somewhat ancient history in terms of the way that we think of culture. And so, like you said, that doesn't discredit anything that Crossroads has done in the past. This is an amazing church, and I'm incredibly grateful. It's, it's served huge in my own life of bringing me to Jesus. And yet at the same time, as I look forward uh, into the future, uh, the reality is, is that we need to meet this culture where it's at. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we want to bring the hope of Jesus into the world in which we're living in right now, mm-hmm. uh, we have to meet we have to meet the people in the culture in which they're living. Yeah, I think a real tangible example of that is social media, right? So uh, 30, really 30, 35 and older are using Facebook, right? Um, boomers are loving the email. Uh, you know, older than that, they still, you know, they love writing 
actual letters and sending them in the mail. I'm guessing Um, it it seems to be that way, but then it starts shifting even faster. So really 20 to 30, they're probably using Instagram. And before that they were using Snapchat and now high school is into TikTok. And I've heard of new social media platforms. Yeah. This Marco Polo thing. Marco Polo. Yes. My daughter's using that. She's seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all of this stuff is happening so fast and, and we have to, be able to keep up with that and, and, and really innovate how we're bringing the gospel to people where they are. And so I'm pumped about that. Um, I'm excited for what God is going to do through this process. And I'm really excited that uh, you're leading the way. Well, thank you, Jared. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here to encourage and support, you know. Uh, so uh, coronavirus, let's shift gears slightly. Um, you just spoke this morning about, or today, depending on when you watched the message. Uh, But uh, you talked about uh, how we are addressing it. And man, I know that we're not supposed to be afraid, but when everyone else around us is panicking, how do we settle ourselves down and put on this idea of, hey, God's got this, God's in control. Uh, What does that look look like for you and your family and, and with you and Sarah? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, a lot has changed in 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went from a thriving economic situation to one that is spiraling. We went from uh, having an abundance of freedom as Americans to being told that we need to stay in our house. Uh, we've watched uh, businesses and restaurants and bars close, shop. Uh, today, even driving into the church, um, it was like, you know, the zombie apocalypse. Nobody was even on yeah. the street. It was really funny because when I left Keensburg this morning and it was dense fog, right? And I'm dry. I could, you know how you can see the little dashes. I can only see one or two dashes in front of me. I'm driving like 30 miles an hour on a 75 mile an hour highway. And, uh, it was just fun. It made me think of the reality of, we don't have any clue what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah. We have today. That's the truth. That's the truth. And so I think as Christians and as believers, and we're going to speak about this next week, actually, Pastor Chris is going to, uh, the second part of the Disrupted series is talking about the fear that we have. But I think quickly, the short answer to the fear that we have is is shalom. This idea mm-hmm. of, of peace in scripture, that's the way that we speak of it. Um, but it's really this uh, quietness within our souls. And I think that that quietness comes from the reality of, of knowing that God is in charge of this. And that while, you know, being fearful is a regular part of our existence and fear says that something's wrong. You know, fear is, fear can be good. If a bear is running after you, uh, fear says run yeah. and you should run. Or trip the guy next to you. Or trip, ne- yeah, right. <laughs> just, don't, don't be, just don't get caught. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, but sometimes we look and, you know, we're overwhelmed by the fear in this world. And in those moments, it becomes chronic mm-hmm. in us. And we just begin to live by fear and, and it loses its power to, mm-hmm. to move us yeah. the way that it was designed. And, and so I think that really kind of the antidote is, is shalom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus spoke about this in John chapter 14 when on the eve of, of the crucifixion, mm-hmm. right? He looks at his disciples and he says to them, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. Fear not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And mm-hmm. that's our hope as Christians is that while this life is hard and there's suffering and pain, and there's also joy and good mm-hmm. uh, in this life, uh, that this life is just a temporary breath mm-hmm. in eternity. And so to live with that kind of perspective 
It doesn't mean that we are silly. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't take concern for our neighbors and just go, all of this is going to end. We're all going to get it and die anyway. We're going to die. So just do do what you got to do. No, as long as we're on earth, we bring the hope of Jesus into the earth and we bring the peace with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's what Christians have done for thousands upon years Mm -hmm. of when it comes to the plagues. Yeah. We can look to the plagues and watching the peace of Christians move in a society and in a culture in a way that, that positively moves people yeah. towards Jesus. Yeah, there's there's both parts of our brains, right? There's the uh, fight, flight, or freeze, mm-hmm. you know, and then the logic and thinking through things. And um, I think that there's reaction and then there's responding, right? And we don't want to be a reactive people, but we want to respond with a brain. Um, and so that brings me to my next thought and question for you, Pastor Matt. You can theologically walk me through this one. Um, should, you know, Scripture says... Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Uh, And yet everyone's going out and buying toilet paper out the wazoo, right? Um, It was, I actually looked it up just for fun. Um, King Supers, I could not, there was no deliveries. They couldn't deliver to me. And I couldn't order groceries for pickup until Thursday. Uh, This isn't, uh, hopefully this doesn't scare anybody, but this is just reality, right? And so my question is, is where's the balance between being prepared and being crazy? Yeah, well, my brother did find once used toilet paper on eBay for sale. And oh, so, nice. if, if you're good. looking yeah. for that, yeah, yeah it's you there. Can, it's available. It's there. It's there. Yeah, I think I heard it, mismatched socks work well too. That was the other one <laughs> I've, I've heard. So, um, I think when it comes to kind of the current reality that we're looking at, I, maybe I can speak less theologically and more of just how Matt's handling sure, it. Sure, yeah. Is that as I kind of look out at this, um, I think that. The question is, 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 has God provided for us, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that he has. And while this is scary, you know, and as the stores get runs, you know, made on them in terms of different items or whatnot, kind of the way that Sarah and I are living is, you know, two weeks at a time is go out and, and get the food that we need for two weeks, get the supplies that we need for two weeks, knowing that in our part in doing that is enabling your family to also get what you need. Mm-hmm. I think we cross over the line when we start hoarding materials because then we're trusting in the things of this world more than we're trusting in God. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that we're not prepared. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, that we don't have extra supplies in case something goes bad. That's the logic side that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Eventually it's going to run out. Yeah, eventually. Right? Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Eventually everything gets eaten That's in right. your fridge, right? That's, right? That's the way that it works. And so, uh, but what does it look like for me to, uh, be mindful, not only in my family and support my family, but also create a space that others can, mm-hmm. can use. And, yeah. and so, you know, the other day I watched a guy, uh, carry out five 50 pound bags of rice. And I just kind of engaged him in some conversation and it was all for him and his family. And I just thought to myself, how long will it take you to eat Mm -hmm. 250 pounds of rice? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a panic in that space and that panic reveals truly where our heart lives. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of that, uh, I'm on the neighbor app and it's been really cool to, to see people's interactions on there say, hey, you know, they're asking, is Costco open? You know, uh, mm-hmm. they're asking what's there. But then other people are saying, hey, so we overextended ourselves and we have extra. Does anybody need this? Yeah. You know, and I just think, uh, man, there's there's absolutely a lot of 
good that comes out. And I think that's what God does, right? Is he takes bad things and he, and he somehow makes it something that's good. And so what positive opportunities do you see coming out of this whole thing? One, the first thing that came to my mind was that picture uh, from Sarah at Walmart, right? Yeah. Can you go ahead yeah, and tell yeah, me that? That picture is a, is a great picture of, uh, if you didn't see the sermon this week, the picture is snapped of the Bible and devotional section at Walmart, and it's completely empty except for about five or six Bibles, mm-hmm. uh, that people are looking for God in this situation. And that's the reality is that when the national headlines uh, turn to panic and uncertainty, God has a way of grabbing our undivided attention, and we, we look to him in these times. And so that's been a super cool thing. It's been awesome to watch the church actually become the church. You know, I think that in Western culture, the church has become kind of a come and see, mm-hmm. you know, come to these spaces and we sing songs and we preach and all of that's really good. Uh, but what does it look like to be the church in the world? And I think that God has created an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, for us to actually live that out for mm-hmm. what that looks like. Uh, it's been cool even to see um, places like King Supers and Sam's and Costco's offer senior hours mm-hmm. where seniors can come and get the supplies that they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they're not able to to be out during the regular hours because of what's going on. Uh, one of the cool things in our area is uh, Love Adams County, this mm-hmm. Facebook page that was started by uh, some friends at Northern Hills. And they've started this, and it has been super cool to watch hundreds of people get on there. And it's just a place where people say, hey, I need someone to watch my kid. And someone says, I'll watch your kid there. Or, hey, I'm out of toilet paper. Does anybody have a roll yeah. that I could borrow? And someone says, yeah, I can give you one of mine. And so uh, it's it's super cool to watch how people are um, stepping up yeah. and engaging each other in true generosity and in true kindness. Yeah, it's almost an oxymoron, this idea of we're being asked to social distance and somehow it's creating community. <laughs> right. It's really weird uh, that that thing is happening uh, around us. But uh, I, I stepped into my backyard and, and just the, my neighbor on the other side of the fence, because we're all, you know, really right close yeah. to each other. Uh, he was grilling. He He's saying, hey, how are you guys doing? Do you need anything? Hey, if you need supplies, let me know. I mean, uh, we've always been nice to each other, but uh, for people to, to genuinely care for one another and want to help each other. And uh, when we, when sometimes that fear will creep in, I'm reminded, man, we're a community and we're going to take care of each other. And, and, and that's really the way that God designed it to work anyway. In the first place, uh, we're just able to actually see it lived out. Uh, and and it's funny too, how two weeks ago, everyone's goal was, I just want to be left alone and I want to get home. And now when everyone's forced to be in their homes, they're thinking, man, I just want to get out. I need to spend time with other people. There's introverts out there that are disagreeing with me right now. Um, but lots of extroverts that are going, yes, I'm ripping my hair out and I need to talk to somebody. So, um, it's, I've said a lot in, you know, in the past that the two gods of, of Colorado Mm -hmm. are independence and recreation. Mm -hmm. And when those gods have been ripped away the last 10 days, mm-hmm. right, there's, there's no independence and there's no recreation uh, in our lives right now that we actually realize how dependent we are on, on others. Yeah. And uh, it's been... And that's actually a good thing. It's been refreshing to mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. Um, social distancing, right? We, we are being asked to uh, keep our space. Uh, Matt and I are currently sitting 10 feet apart. That's not true. Uh, we're right next Maybe to each other. Maybe 18 inches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we're at home, and our kids are at home. I mean, uh, they. it started with early spring break. Now we don't know if they're actually going to go back to school. Um, it, it's not 
easy to just say, hey, go play outside. We had a big snowstorm this week, right? Um, And so my question to you is, what's going on inside the Manning house? How are you guys entertaining the kids? How are, have you come up with any fun things to do at home? I saw, I've seen a lot of things on the internet, but I'm just kind of curious, how are you guys handling that at your house? Yeah, it's been um, an interesting time. I'm incredibly grateful for my wife. Uh, she's a teacher, and so in some of the ways of education, uh, our kids um, have been reading and doing math facts and spelling words this week, and they keep going, Mom, I thought this was extended spring break, and she's like, it is. Do your math homework, <laughs> you know, and so uh, that's that's a little bit of what's going on. Some of the cool things, uh, we're a big board, fam- uh, board game family, mm-hmm. and so we have been playing a lot of board games from Castle Panic to Catan, mm-hmm. and we have a good time at that. Uh, particularly since I win a lot. So yes. that's, that's what yeah. makes it really fun. Yeah, we need a rematch, by the way. <laughs> yes, we do. And then, um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, also, I mentioned my daughter using Marco Polo, this, yes. this video thing. And so every morning, my wife uh, records my daughter on Marco Polo, just the quick little mm-hmm. whatever that is video. And then she sends it to one of Mercy's friends, and he gets it. And they watch it and have a good time. And then sometime in the afternoon, his mom records him and sends it back. And so uh, she's doing that with a couple of friends Mm -hmm. in the space. And so that's been really fun to watch them interact through video. Uh, On Friday night, we actually sat down and did a FaceTime chat with some friends in Wisconsin that we haven't seen in a while. And Mm -hmm. so we spent about an hour with them. Uh, My life group, we're doing life group happy hour uh, Mm -hmm. today. And so all of my life groups joining via Zoom and sitting down and uh, sharing some time in that space. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've taken advantage of, of the family time. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that our family's close and that my kids mm-hmm. are young mm-hmm. and that we have this time. I'm, I'm looking at it and asking God every day, how do I redeem this space that you've given us? Yeah. Um, this is unprecedented. Yeah. We, as Americans, typically don't get this kind of time with our kids, and all of a sudden it's gone, mm-hmm. all, this, all the activities. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, looking at this year... You know, I I mean, I, hopefully it's not a year, but this Mm -hmm. moment in this Mm -hmm. year and going, okay, God, how do we redeem the time Mm -hmm. that you've given us? Because this is unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's certainly something that our kids are going to remember as they get older. Um, Remember the time that we had to stay at home for two months. That's right. Yeah. And they're either going to remember it as awesome or terrible. I really hope that they remember it as awesome. Um, The schools have done a good job of, of really feeding different educational apps and fun games and things like that. Uh, Ezra actually was on a Zoom call with his whole class oh, wow. uh, on on Friday, which was really cool. That is cool. So he got to see all of his friends and they all, you know, she was asking what people were missing from school and, and they're hoping to be able to continue to do that. And so um, it, I just think that there's a lot of cool, technology is crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and as long as uh, the power on the internet is working, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I think that we're going to be okay. Um, Buy stock in Comcast and yeah, CenturyLink. that's right, yeah. Um, so, uh, man, that's pretty much all that I have for us today. Um, I, thanks, Matt, for sitting down with me. We're looking uh, to be able to do this more often. Hopefully once a week we can just uh, come in here and, and sit down and chat for a little bit about uh, the new things that are going on that week. Uh, 
we are on social media, so go ahead and look us up on Facebook, Crossroads ABC. We're also on Instagram. Uh, we'll be posting these, and, and we'll be on uh, a podcast as well, Crossroads ABC. You can look that up uh, in the podcast. Obviously, you found it because you're listening to it. But uh, for future reference, that's where it is. So when all your friends are looking for it, uh, you can tell them where to go. Uh, Remember, uh, with everything that's going on in the world, we are in this thing together. We don't have to be afraid because God is in control. And I just hope that you can find peace in that. 